Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. We've entered that College Hoops NFL Draft Combine and prepping for baseball time of the year. This is Early Odds, and I'm Joe Ostrowski, live from the SCORE Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. A perfect time to bring in my guy, Reed Wallach, from Betsided. Follow him on Twitter, at Reed Wallach. And Reed, I was uh, checking out your work over at Betsided the other day, and I I thought, perfect. Because this is when you get the most people jumping in for futures. We were talking with the uh, head trader over at BetMGM the other day. He said between selection Sunday and the that first Thursday, Friday is when they get the most action all year. I figured if you've waited this long before making any wagers on a title winner, you might as well wait one more week just to see what the potential path and where these teams are going to play. Do you agree, before we get into the profile of a national champion, that at this point, just wait one more week and find out what kind of a situation you're dealing with? Yeah, uh, Joe, thanks for having me on. And I completely agree with you. I think throughout the year, you're going to see peaks and valleys with different teams. There's so many games and there's so many different situations that occur during a season. Maybe there's an injury or a team has three straight road games against ranked opponents and they're just likely going to lose two or three of those. And that's going to lead to a drop in their price. Now, though, the market has an idea of where these teams are going to be seated. It's kind of more sophisticated now that, you know, there's one, maybe two games left with conference tournaments coming up and then Selection Sunday. You might as well wait because a team you might like might end up with the toughest draw possible Mm -hmm. and they're just going to get bounced earlier. They're going to have you're going to see a huge spike in their price one way or another. You might as well wait, see the bracket, and then you'll really like the team. You know, you can have your eye out for them, but I wouldn't rush now. You're not going to see much. The only way I think about it is if you see a team that might go on a run in their conference tournament, maybe the bracket broke nicely for them or, you know, you you saw their first game and something opened up on the other side of the bracket. Maybe that will lead to a big run from a you know a five seed to a three seed, which kind of changes the trajectory of your season. But for now, though, you might as well wait until Selection Sunday. You're so close, and the price are going to stay fairly stable until then. You might as well see the path before you're betting blindly. Betters know all about this, but I want you to inform the people, our listeners here on Early Odds. When you are looking for a national champion, what are the first couple of things you take a look at to whittle your list down? It sounds like so simple that why wouldn't everyone know about this is because about 10, 12 teams some years fit the parameters of, of course, everyone knows what Kempom is now if you are betting on college basketball in a semi-serious fashion. But Kempom is an advanced metrics website that breaks down um, the projections for every single game, every single team down to simple numbers where it's your adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defensive efficiency. And you're ranked from one to 363. So there's a lot of ways this could go. But we've seen uh, time after time since 2002, every single team, except for the 2014 UConn team, which is an historical outlier with Shabazz Napier, they had a sum of their adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defense efficiency of below 50 if you added them up. So you could be ranked 24th on offense, 24th on defense, you're 48. You would fit the parameters of a national champion since 2002. And I ran through this exercise. You can see it on my Twitter, at Reed Wallach. As of now, there's... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams that fit that parameter. There's several other teams that are just outside that magical 50 number. 
But that's what you're looking for. Teams that are balanced on both sides because it's a six-game run to the national championship. You're going to face different teams from different conferences. Your offense is going to fail you one game. You need your defense to pick you up. Your defense is going to be a leaky faucet, and you're going to need your offense to pick you up. So to me, you want to find balance and teams that could win different types of ways and aren't over-reliant on one factor. So the teams right there, I mentioned them, but it's Houston, UCLA, Alabama, Connecticut, Purdue, Kansas, St. Mary's, Texas, and Creighton. If I were to pick a national championship, it would start right there, and then I expand. So this is the number at the end of the season, right? When we at look the at end past of the regular national, season, before end of the regular season, yes. So um, conference tournament include, but before the NCAA tournament starts. Sorry, it, I feel like college basketball is like a weird, funky way of like determining when like the postseason starts. Yeah. But, so this is an evolving picture, and there's several other teams that are just outside of that. I broke it down this article, but teams that were above 50 but 70 or below. There's like another eight or nine teams that are just below that criteria. So if they go on a run in their conference tournament, they could play themselves into this, you know, magic 50 number, if you want to call it that, you know, teams like in Arkansas, a team I actually placed a future on this week. I, I think that this is a team that is trending in the right direction with mm -hmm. freshman guard, Nick Smith back. They play Kentucky. They are going to be in the SEC tournament. This is a team that their sum is 61 right now. They're projected to be an eight seed. I think that they are closer to a four seed profile-wise than they are an eight seed. The eight seed is because they've been injured all year, but Nick Smith's back and they're playing their best ball with him on the floor. That's a top 10 offense. Without Overall, though, their adjusted offensive efficiency is 50th in the country. So all of a sudden you're talking about a top 10 offense hiding in the 50s when you're ranking them adjusted offensive efficiency. That's a team that you may want to look into investing in, a team that might be able to take down you know, your one seed, your two seeds come the round of 32 in the Sweet 16. For people that haven't been following it all season like you have, is it fair to say Big 12, great, Big East, really, really good, ACC trash uh, with Purdue being down, it looks like the Big Ten is trash, SEC, eh, is that fair? Yeah, I, I, I think you nailed on the head. I, would, I don't think it's a deferred debate. Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball this year by a wide margin. Yep. To me, I would put Big East second. I think that they have a ton of talented teams UConn Creighton, they they fit that Magic 50 bill. Marquette, a little lopsided in terms of one of the best offenses, a bit weak on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, that's a deep conference. And those teams play hard. They play competitive games day in and day out. Whereas the Big Ten, I think it's a lot of middling teams that lack upside that can make a Final Four run. Teams that they run into a Big 12 team in the second round. They're getting bounced. The Big 12 team is going to be favored. I mean, West Virginia, for example, if we're talking Kempom's rankings. This is a team that are, is trending towards the first four, you know, on the 10-11 line. They're 19th in Kempom's rating. They're 17 and 13, but they're also 17th in adjusted offense efficiency, 54th in adjusted, adjusted defense efficiency. Kempom loves this team, yet yeah. they're not winning as many games in a competitive conference. They might be a trendy pick to go to the Sweet 16 if the bracket breaks their way. Early odds of Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, talking college hoops with Reed Wallach of Betsided. As long as we're talking to the Big Ten, let's uh, look at a game tomorrow. So we don't have a point spread on this, but at the end of the regular season, it's Illinois at Purdue. Like you mentioned, the metrics really like the Boilermakers, even though they're not playing great ball right now. The Ken Palm numbers would say that the point spread will be around eight. Reed, if it's eight, how do we not take the Illini? Oh, I don't know. I'm struggling to see with this Illinois team. I mean, we talked about the Michigan game. They were lucky to win that game. Michigan, I think, deserved that win on the road in overtime, up seven with less than two minutes left. I thought that that was going to be a Michigan victory. Illinois, I mean, they're just slumping down the stretch. They lose at Ohio State, who had lost nine straight. Yeah. This team is not playing good basketball, and the real issue is they can't shoot from three. 331st in three-point percentage this season, and you're going to run to a Purdue team that could pack it in with Zach Eady in the middle. They're going to crash inside. I'm not rushing to get involved in this game, but it, to me, it would be Purdue or pass. This is this Illinois really? team is yeah. This Illinois team is trending in the wrong direction at the wrong time. Yeah, Illinois has been really bad on the road too, and I yeah. just have a tough time laying eight with Purdue at this point. Oh, way, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I'd get involved in the game, but this could be a bad spot for Illinois off the double overtime game end of the season. You know, just get ready for Big Ten tournament play, and I think Purdue. I don't know, maybe they get like a, a nice, like flex their muscle a little bit and remind people that, hey, we're going to win the Big Ten regular season title and we're going to try and get this going into the tournament.
What about today's card? I'm interested in Bama at Texas A&M with everything going on. I'm interested in everything that happens with uh, the Crimson Tide because they're stepping in it every which way, every single day. The other day, uh, mm-hmm. they're getting players ejected because <laughs> Nate Oates is everything's so out of control over there. They got players running toward altercations. Uh, Bama, short road favorite at Texas A&M. The Aggies, you know, kind of flying under the radar. They've won 10 games in a row. At home. I, I'm looking at the home dog. How about you? Yeah, I, I like Texas A&M a lot here. This is going to be uh, a play at anything. I'm hoping uh, to get this at anything plus money. This is a, a top 10 team when you filter out from February 1st to today. This is a top 10 team, 17th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 26th in adjusted defensive efficiency. And how about let's just fade Bama. This is a team, obviously, yeah. we have the Brandon Miller saga going on nate Oates can't see, seem to say the right thing at any given time but uh-uh. how about their on-court product trailing in the second half for three straight games now um and they had to rally to win all three texas a&m is going to come in second in the sec they have a home win over tennessee recently they are incredible on the extras we like to call it offensive rebounding and getting to the free throw line since february 1st like i mentioned 17th in offensive rebounding rate third in free throw rate they live at the free throw line they make their free throws i think alabama who clinched the SEC regular season title might be a fan happy spot for a team that isn't playing their best anyway. I like AM as a home dog. We talked about Arkansas earlier off back-to-back losses, but probably the two best teams in conference, Alabama and Tennessee. And you've got Kentucky coming off uh, their ugly loss the other mm-hmm. day against Vanderbilt. Woo, that was a big upset. Arkansas favored by home. You think they bounce back? This is an Arkansas team that's a bad matchup for Kentucky. They won in Lexington without Nick Smith, like I mentioned, by 15. They hung 88 on Kentucky. And this is an offense that was struggling quite a bit during SEC play without Smith. Now with Smith back at home. I said this Arkansas team's trending up. They led Alabama in the second half. They got smoked by Tennessee. But those are back-to-back road games against two top three seeds. I think Arkansas comes home. They get right, and they hand Kentucky another convincing loss here. I, I like Arkansas a lot going forward, and I love them on Saturday. Agree. So we're on the same side there with the Hogs. How about Tennessee Auburn in their last meeting? It was 46 to 43. Both teams shot 10% on threes and they threw up almost 50 of them. It was insane. Nobody could hit a three all night. Uh, The Vols can't win on the road. I Mm -hmm. kind of feel for Bruce Pearl in a weird way because they're, they're competing against the good teams in the SEC. They just end up on the, on the short end of the stick every single time. I wasn't, a big Auburn backer. I thought they were overrated. And we've seen that over the last few weeks, they lose by 30 plus to Kentucky. I actually ended up backing them against Alabama for the same reason. I was fading Alabama lately. I just think that they're a little overvalued given what's going on around the team. Now you're hosting Tennessee, Auburn sneaky on the bubble. I think they're going to get in anyway, but a win yeah. here could really like kind of solidify their case. You get in Tennessee who I said, they beat Arkansas. They also lost the Kai Ziegler, one of their starting guards in the first few minutes of the game. He tore his ACL. He's out for the year. And how about Tennessee? Haven't won on the road since at LSU, who's arguably the worst team in the conference, on January 21st. Was that six weeks ago now? Now they're going to go to Auburn, senior day, must-win spot after losing in overtime to Alabama. Coming home, I, I like Auburn a lot. They're, this game, line inside of a bucket, it's going to be a rock fight. I think Auburn gets it done as a home team. I feel, I feel like I'm only taking home teams today, but that's just how uh, the cards fell. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, we've got time for one more. You want to hit Kansas, Texas, or anything else on the board today? Let's talk UConn Nova because Nova's this trendy team. And I, I have this weird thing where Ohio State's getting the same love now, where everyone wants to talk themselves into a March sleeper. And if you win a few games in a row, all of a sudden, oh, no one wants to see this team that was just terrible for two months come March. Mm-hmm. Villanova's getting a lot of love in the market. I just don't see it. I mean, I faded them more than I backed them in recent days, but. I, I just don't see it with this Nova team. And they're getting UConn coming to town. This game is inside of a possession. I think UConn's the far superior team. They could bust up this Nova defense that is compact, but they don't generate second chances. And UConn's going to win on the extra because UConn is the best offensive rebounding team in the past month. They're rebounding almost 50% of their misses. Nova, on the other hand, bottom 20 in that metric in terms of offensive rebounding. So I think it's on the road, I understand. And Nova, I guess they're hot, but UConn just as hot. They beat the, they beat DePaul by, what, what did that end up by? Like 30, 40 points. Inside of possession, I, I think UConn rules here. I think that this team, being a little underrated after having a little January swoon, this team's been on the rise for a while. They've been playing like a top-five team again, and uh, I think they show why. And they beat an overvalued Villanova team. If you're going to bet Villanova in the Big East tournament, that's going to be the trendy play. Uh-huh. Do not bet their conference tournament outright. Bet the money line rollover 
and you'll get more value that way. This team is overvalued completely in the futures market. Meaning just start with game one and and roll it over because you'll yes. get more value in the end. Yeah, UConn confounding, man. 14-0, and 0, as you mentioned, awful in January, but it looks like they've certainly uh, figured things out once again at the right time of the season. Reed Wallach, follow him on Twitter by his name, at Reed Wallach. Find his work, betsided.com. Reed, thank you so much. Let's talk again during the tournament, all right? Let's do it. Good slate of games this weekend heading into conference tournaments for the Power Fives next week. Next, we cover betting the... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. NFL Draft with three of the best minds in the space. You're listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Twitter by my name, at Joe Ostrowski. And this is 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score. It's a big day at the Combine. QBs, wide receivers, tight ends. If you've been with me for a while on this show, you know I preach about the betting opportunity that is the NFL draft. But I want you to hear it from the horse's mouth. Here's lead trader at BetMGM, Seamus McGee, with me this week on BetQL Daily. This uh, market, the NFL draft, is incredibly difficult to book, especially this far out. It is not easy to make a lot of money on this either. So when you when there's steam, it will there will be a massive overreaction. And you have to be very careful when you're betting this off, off possible steam. I remember Kayvon Thibodeau was like 20 to 1 to go second overall. He closed around 3 to 1, and it, the lines couldn't get to the, the podium fast enough to draft Hutchinson. I think the reason behind it is Richardson, I imagine, is going to tear up the combine. He is easily the best athlete, I think, of the quarterbacks that are going to get drafted in the first round. It's going to be Wilson at his pro day, I think, and you're going to see him just really light it up. It's weird booking him because I'm of the opinion he has to sit a year. He's only started about 15 or 16 games in his career in Florida. I can't imagine you throw him out there that soon. So to start him day one, I thought would be a risk. So I am a little surprised to see him get steamed up all the way to like about six to one. I believe it is right now. He's seven to one. I think it's just going to be a lot of chatter around the combine about what a freak athlete he is and the, and the cannon arm that he has. Seamus, what is the process for posting the draft market and what will that rollout look like? We made a decision last year where we were going to really scale back a draft offering. Like during the 2020 draft, during COVID, uh, you saw a lot of books post up anything they possibly could around the draft. And that was because there was no sports going on. And we, did, we needed to have some action on something. But, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't have a very successful draft in terms of uh, profit. So we scale ours back. We only offer about the top three picks, first position drafted, and then a handful of first-round uh, draft positions. It's hard to book because you have to look at a lot of mocks. You have to have you have to have an idea about who this player is. You have to know about team needs, and better yet, you have to have a 
great eye for what customers you think know the most uh, going into the draft because at the end of the day, I don't have Adam Schefter in my contact list. I, I don't have Adam <laughs> Rappaport talking to me about where people are going to go. So we have, I have to rely a lot on information we're getting from the market. Have you guys ever had a successful draft from your perspective? I, uh, we, I don't think so in the NFL. <laughs> Perhaps okay. in the NBA draft. The NBA is a little easier to book because you really, most of the time it's really concrete. Not this year, though. I mean, this year it was, we were really on top of this year, this draft at least, with the Bancaro late move. But NFL, I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time we, since we've been a legalized book that we've had a, a successful draft. It's very hard. That's all I need. It's right there for you. The sports book saying we're going to scale it back. We never win. Guys, bet the NFL draft. Now let's hear from two of the most accurate mock drafters in the game. First, Matthew Friedman from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. We started with why exactly Anthony Richardson went from 100-1 to to being the third favorite for the number one overall pick. It's a situation where you have four quarterbacks in this class who all have significant flaws. You know, Bryce Young, you look at him, he's the shortest quarterback and the slightest quarterback who could go number one in NFL history. C.J. Stroud, you know, he's been a good quarterback for two years, but he's getting a little bit of the Justin Fields, Ohio State treatment. And he wasn't all that strong of a sustained runner throughout college. Will Levis, incredibly raw. Anthony Richardson didn't complete even 60% of his passes in college. Uh, Of course, you look at them, and on the flip side, all of them have significant traits that could explain why he could be the first quarterback taken in the class. So it's a little bit more of a toss-up than I think people realized. And Anthony Richardson, you know, one book, it was 100-1 to a long time ago. Sharps started looking at that number, and they're like, wait a minute, even though we're not seeing Anthony Richardson going as the first quarterback in this class in any mock drafts he has a better chance of that happening than a lot of people would think so that number has been beat down into submission and now is much closer to what is a realistic chance of happening what bets have you made for number one overall pick and since we really don't know which team is going to be holding the number one overall pick do you have a guess as how many do you think you'll have by the time we uh get to uh draft night two months from now i mean by the time we get to draft night (laughs) Uh, I will have at least 100 bets. I, I don't think there's there's a question about that. Uh, you know, well, I'm just saying for the number one pick. For the number one pick, I might have two or three positions. Uh, the one position I have right now is Will Levis uh, to go number one. I got him at 8-1 to one at Caesars and 10-1 to one at BetMGM in January. Uh, and I feel pretty decent about those numbers. I think there's value in him all the way down to 4-1. to one. But uh, I could see Anthony Richardson being a position that I end up taking as well. Matthew had one of the most accurate mock drafts out there uh, last year. Now, speaking of mock drafts, when should we start paying attention to that? The ones that are so far out, I, I, get, I think we all get annoyed with this, but we know why it happens. Uh, people that do mock drafts and even people that have fairly accurate ones, there's 2.0 and we're going to get to 7.0 and 9.0 and 10.0 over the, le- over the next two months. So... Uh, when you look at mocks now, how much are you weighing that? Is it just kind of a feeler? Is it more about connecting certain teams with positions? How is that different from mocks that are available in uh, just the weeks weeks out from the draft? Yeah, great question. So I just released uh, version 4.0, uh, you know, the pre-combine <laughs> mock. So I'm, I'm one of those guys putting it out there. Yeah, and I will say – Get those for hits. Me, for me, <laughs> yeah. For me, the mocks really seem to take a turn after free agency because at that point we've seen guys at the combine and teams have started to fill their needs and so you know at this point we might say oh this team needs a wide receiver and then a month from now it might be like no they don't need a wide receiver in round one because they address that in free agency so for me right now it's about kind of experimenting playing out different scenarios in mock drafts and saying like okay if this team addresses this position what might happen later down the board. And when I'm looking at different mock drafts, it really is to get a sense of a couple of things. I say three things. One, how people are ordering players within the same position. So, for instance, you know, like the cornerback position. I've been able to get a pretty good sense of like, okay, Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon, those are the two guys at the top of most mocks at the position. And then later down the board, even though it's a great classic cornerback, 
there's not really like a solid number three, number four, number five. It's a little bit of a hodgepodge there. So one is just sort of stacking players within the same position. The other, uh, the second way is kind of getting a sense of positions going to different teams, as you mentioned. So, you know, like by surveying a lot of mock drafts, we can just see, all right, it's pretty likely that Indianapolis, uh, or at least the consensus is that Indianapolis is going with a quarterback at number four, Seattle looking for a defensive lineman at number five, stuff like that. And then I would say also just kind of getting a sense of the players that people are talking about and what it is that they're saying about those players. So I feel like I have a pretty good sense of right now of, who has a pretty good shot of going in the first round, and then who is more kind of on that round one, round two borderline. So I'm not looking for, like, any hard, solid fixes of this player to this team. It's really just to get a sense of how it is that people are talking about this class. Matt, what are your thoughts on the receivers in this class? Because I feel like the last couple years it's just been absolutely loaded, and there are some good prospects in this class, but – you know, Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Jordan Addison, I don't think they're receiving nearly as much hype as some of those guys th- these last couple of years. So is there a guy amongst those three or maybe somewhere else that you really like? Is there any kind of positions that you're eyeing on, on maybe how you're going to be drafting some of these receivers? Yeah, the wide receiver group is interesting because although, like, there's a pretty solid top four, top five, it is very rare to find a mock draft where one of these guys goes in the top ten. It's just not that kind of wide receiver class. Uh, and so I think that means that the guy to go number one overall at the position, that's a little more wide open than people might anticipate. So Quentin Johnson, if you look at you know a number of mock drafts, he normally is the first guy off the board, although Jordan Addison is sometimes the first guy off the board. But Jalen Hyatt is the guy who kind of stands out to me. It's kind of expected that he could be in that like 4.28 to 4.32 kind of range. And if that happens, Speed is the one thing we have consistently seen teams covet in wide receivers. It's, I would say it's like the Tyree Kill effect. Ever since he burst on the scene, it's very likely that the first wide receiver going in the draft is a guy who has significant speed. And Hyatt seems to be that guy out of the wide receivers at the top of the class. And we saw what he was able to do this past year. He was a Bolitnikoff winning wide receiver. If there's no wide receiver who goes in the top 10 and it's pretty wide open, Hyatt as the number one wide receiver in the class feels like something that more people should be paying attention to. Terrific insight on betting the draft for Matthew Friedman. Now Scott Smith at 444 likes a different bet for first receiver. But first, big story of the week, Bryce Young's small stature. Here's Scott Smith with me on BetQL Daily. Look, I absolutely think it's a big concern. Um, you're talking about the NFL Combine this week. It's going to be real big for a lot of players, and uh, Bryce Young's one of those guys. It's reported that he played around 186 pounds, and there's just not a record of in the NFL of a quarterback having success at that that size in the NFL. Um, it's just the wear and tear and the pounding that it takes behind uh, you know those NFL offensive lines, big defensive players hitting you. And, and look. You're talking about Bryce Young as an outlier to the position. A lot of people compare him to a kind of a miniature version of Patrick Mahomes with the way he throws the ball, some of the arm angles and stuff that he has. And I, I think it is a real concern. I think you're going to want to see him kind of weigh in in that 195 to 200 range here at the Combine this week. Uh, Scott, what was uh, your reaction when you saw that scheduled tweet from Adam Schefter two months out from the draft, the start of Combine week? Hey, that the Bears are open for business. Multiple teams are calling. Uh, as someone that covers the Bears, my first thought is the phone isn't ringing, and they asked Adam Schefter to do them a solid. What did you think? Look, I think things are going to start moving. You have free agency, and that's where all the big dominoes are going to start to fall. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to go in a trade? You've got Carr, who's meeting with multiple teams here at the NFL Combine this week, and Jimmy Garoppolo is another person that's in play. So you need a lot of those dominoes to start to fall. And there are some teams that are they're very desperate at quarterback. Carolina's sitting there at, you know, as, as one of the teams. You talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. They're another team that doesn't have a quarterback that they can start on the roster at this point in time. Uh, so with free agency and some of these trades that are going to be opening up. I think a lot of it's uh, set to play out after this combine so teams can kind of get some interviews under their belt and see how some of these players kind of grade out and weigh out and run and participate in the combine. And then you have CJ Stroud as the second quarterback taken off the board to the Houston Texans at that number two pick. What was your decision behind that one? I, I think when you look at it, 
there's a lot of split decisions on Will Levis when it comes down to it. And I think when you look at it, C.J. Stroud, he throws with anticipation. He's got a nice deep ball. There's a lot of things to, to like about C.J. Stroud coming out of that Ohio State offense with Ryan Day. Um, I think the one knock on C.J. Stroud is going to be his, his pocket awareness that you kind of have to, to look at. And I think when you look at it, you know, each one of these quarterbacks from Bryce Young to Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and even Anthony Richardson, all of them kind of have their warts. Um, they, they've all got a different knock against them. And I think when you look at C.J. Stroud, outside of the pocket awareness, I, I think he's a guy that a lot of like GMs are, are going to end up liking, and especially Houston right there. I, I think they're, they're a team whose – their offensive line is okay. It's not the best in the world, but I, I think they have enough to be able to keep him upright and help him develop. Uh, Scott, the Anthony Richardson, I'm glad you just mentioned him. It's been a big betting story over the past couple of weeks because he goes from 100-1 to 1 to now at some spots a third favorite in that five to one to six to one range. Uh, do you understand before getting to combine week why there was such a drop in those odds? So I think one of the things you have to look at, um, it's already been said that Bryce Young's not going to complete everything at the combine. So I think he's looking to weigh in. I believe CJ Stroud's going to go through most of the events. Um, Anthony Richardson's absolutely a guy who's going to participate and do all of the drills. So when it comes to it, he's got one of the nicest, most compact motions in throwing. He's big, physical, he can run. He's going to test very well. I think you're going to have teams that, that do a lot of background behind the scenes when they're going through the interviews, put them on a whiteboard and some of those type of things. And I, I think when it comes to some of these other quarterbacks, he's going to be the guy that gets the most hype coming out of combine week. That is, is going to go ahead and change some of the lines and have some things like that. The thing that you have to do when you're trying to match Anthony Richardson up to a team that within the top 10 is you have to find a front office and a coach that is in a situation to where they're on solid footing enough to be able to take Anthony Richardson and allow him a year or two to develop and, and not have those expectations coming straight out of the gate. So I, I think when you start looking at it and you, you look at which one of these quarterbacks like teams and GMs are going to get hyped up the most about from a physical nature, and I think Anthony Richardson's that guy. Feels like in recent years, uh, receivers are getting drafted higher and higher, and we see the impact every year on the really good teams, how, uh, how strong they are on the outside. Now, this draft, the way it's uh, been shaping up, looking at your mock, others out there, it does not look like it's the most impressive receiver class. Uh, can, can you talk about your thoughts on the class overall and uh, the wager of first wide receiver selected, Quentin Johnson, the favorite, second favorite, Jordan Addison? Yeah, I think whenever you start looking at these lines and specifically uh, these these excuse me wide receivers that are uh, in this first round, it's not the strongest class that you've had. You've got Quentin Johnson, who I think is going to test very well. I think he's going to kind of move to the forefront of this class. Um, but when you look at his tape, he, he doesn't play as physically at the point of catch as, as what his, his size and his numbers would suggest. It's very inconsistent game to game when you start watching some of his film at how he attacks the ball, especially this past year. Uh, it looked like he waited on a lot of catches to get to get there. As far as a betting standpoint, the, the two numbers that I like, I like I like Addison as a solid bet at, at the plus 265 number that y'all have up there to to go ahead and, and maybe be the first wide receiver drafted. I, I think he's a, a solid bet because he's able to do a lot. He's played at, at Pitt. He's played at USC. So he's got multi-conference production where he's played well at a high level. And he's also able to play multiple positions between the slot and outside. So I think he's a, he's a player that's a solid bet if you want to drop some money on. The rest of the guys that, that are there in that first round, and I actually think another number to attack when it comes out is if that number is four and a half for number of wide receivers drafted in the first round, I absolutely think you get over. I think there are five wide receivers that are going to go in this first round. Um, I think you look at Johnston, Addison, Jackson Smith, the jig book, Jalen Hyatt, and uh, Zay Flowers. I think those are going to be the five wide receivers that go in the first round. After that, in my ratings, I don't have another wide receiver rated within the top 50 of this class. Ooh, so I, I think wow. – those guys are going to be the guys that I, I definitely think. And when that number drops, I think you need to look. If it's, if it's at five and a half, bet the under. If it's at four and a half, bet the over. Scott Smith and Matthew Friedman there back to back. Look it up. Among the hundreds of mock drafts available, they've been near the top in terms of accuracy. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. See for years, so it's important to listen to what they have to say. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. I'm on Twitter at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Up next, we hit on some baseball looks for the upcoming season with Jim Miller. This is 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The Score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Sports Radio 670 The Score. And now joining me on the Circa Resort and Casino hotline out in Las Vegas Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, the MLB season starts for real this month. Yes. You can already say that. Wow, what a quick turnaround that was. Basically, right from the Super Bowl to now it's basically baseball season along with everything else going on. I love, love, love this. There's so much chatter going around baseball. There's so many wagers that are out there that can you can have. Everybody is talking about baseball a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. which is something that used to never happen in spring training. I mean, you figure everybody, NFL Combine what just went on this week. A lot of people would be talking football. Baseball's getting more chatter, and it's just because of some of the rule changes and that. And I think so many of them are for the positive, but it is. It's going to be a really fun season. And I think, too, you're starting to see more of these guys that really are your marquee, marquee players playing earlier in the spring training season. I like that as well. Pitch clock is great. Love, it. Love last weekend that Twitter exploded and people were crying. They cry about not making changes <laughs> and they cry that there are changes. Love that. Don't have an issue with bigger bases. People are going over the top about that. And it's not even that much bigger. It's for safety. I'm fine. I was actually asking at our board meeting. I'm, I'm like, is this going to happen at our levels? You know, it's for safety. Maybe the kids should have bigger bases too. I don't have an issue there. The only, the only one that I was a little hesitant on was removing the shift. I'm curious how teams oh, react. Uh, but really, big picture-wise, looking at all these, you said you, you like most of them. I think I like all of them. I don't have a major issue with any of them. I hated the shift. So I, I'm happy the shift's gone. I love the pitch clock. And the pitch clock, as we talk through this, this is going to have a major factor on a lot of players that they don't even know about. I think this is going to affect the power pitcher greatly in regards to stamina. It's going to definitely affect the the pace of play for the game. But those guys who are a little bit more of a pitch-to-contact type of pitcher, guys that are able to work the corners, guys that are able to work quickly, it keeps your defense in the game much more, too. And you see this at all levels. Defenses that get on their heels in that, that's where less plays are made. That's where more errors are made. I think it's going to help these guys immensely. The larger base is the only one where where I'm I'm just kind of like, eh. It's, but it doesn't okay. hurt anybody. No, no, God, no. It doesn't yeah. hurt anything by any means. I don't think it's going to make a massive difference. And, oh, my gosh, the guy's going to go from, whatever, 30 stolen bases to 50 stolen bases. I don't think that's going to be a uh, big deal at, at all. But, yeah, I'm just that, that one I'm kind of indifferent to. Everything else I love. Okay, so you are on record. You're Mr. Chicago. You're on the overs for both yes. teams in town. Cubs 77 and a half. White Sox 83 and a half. With you on the Cubs. I'm going back and forth on the White Sox, but I do lean your way. Let me ask you this. Uh, as far as division prices, okay, overs on both, but are either of them going to win their division? The White Sox best price I see in town is plus 250. That's a pretty good number. Uh, Cubs, much better number, at plus 650. You think either will be in the mix to win the division? 
I don't know if the Cubs will be in the mix to win the division this year. I don't think they're too far away. I think they could actually be competitive into the second half of the season. I don't know if they're in the mix to win the division. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting on the White Sox end of things because you look at this, even though we've had the expanded playoffs, I still think this is a division where only one team comes out of the division and goes into the playoffs. So that has to be your division winner. And right now, the White Sox are listed as third in their division at plus 250. This is basically the same exact team, what, minus Jose Abreu? that was picked to win 90-plus games last year and was wildly disappointing. Okay, you lost to Brayu. You add Andrew Bentendi here. Yes, you lost Liam Hendricks, but I don't know how major of a loss that's going to be. But at plus 250, okay, I think you play the Sox to win the division, but do not play them to make the playoffs because that's right around, say, plus 115, 116. There's no value there. But at the division of plus 250, I think that's a decent price. Wow. Uh, they're not third everywhere, but they are the third favorite at most spots. The prices on the Twins is all over the map. It's like people yeah. have not made a decision on what they expect Minnesota to be this year. You know what else is uh, pretty fun that they already have posted, as long as we're talking about divisions, most sports books have something called a straight forecast where you pick first and second place in exact order, or let's bring it over to your world in horse racing. You can bet on the trifecta one, yeah. two, three exact order in any division. I, I was kind of looking at the NL central St. Louis Cubs. And do you go brewers at plus four seventy five, or you can go cards, Cubs, buckos at 19 to one. I was messing around with, with some of those. Anything come to mind when you think, one, two, or one, two, three in either the AL or NL Central. Well, and that's interesting that you bring up the Buccos. Here's the question. Are they last year's Detroit Tigers? Remember, everybody talked about the Tigers last year. This is the up-and-coming team, up-and-coming team, and then all of a sudden they were, they were very disappointing too. That might be the route to go. Cards, Cubs, Brewers, work along those lines. At the same point, go to, go to the AL Central. I, I, think it, I think it's as easy as, as Sox, Cleveland, Minnesota work right there and put those three in order so that one's plus 650 you know you like to move things around and so detroit was the buzzy team a year ago we see this all the time jim yeah. where you've got a young roster people get excited about it they hype them up a year too early well right. is this the year that the tigers make the move because if you go white Sox, guardians tigers it's 16 to 1 maybe here's the thing that you have to look at too things have changed a little bit for how schedules are going to be for the imbalance of the yeah. schedule. You're not playing your division teams 19 times against again this year. So that means the Tigers are also not getting the Royals 19 times this yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. And you're going to have to start playing a little bit more competition outside of your division. And that, that AL Central, I thought overall, was disappointing last year. So you lose some of those matchups against some of those teams. I think that could affect them a little bit too. I, I, I think they were overhyped last year, and I still don't think they've really done anything to make themselves that much better this year. Yeah, I'm not buying in the Twins, so that's why I threw those three teams out yep. there that maybe they can fall. You throw the Royals in there and look for a little bit of value to finish third. Yeah, you want to talk about a team that might take advantage of some of these rules that could uh, pile up the stolen bases this year? Yeah, the Royals already do that. Now, you, you with the larger bases, maybe they have a better opportunity, limited pickoff attempts. These rules uh, could... Uh, favor KC a little bit at some point during the season. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my weekly guest, Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. As you can tell, a big baseball guy as well. Uh, Jim, one prop on your socks that I wanted to get your thoughts on jumped out to me, and I was thinking this would be a tough number to make from the bookmaking perspective. Alloy. Alloy. What would you set the number for home runs on Alloy? Total home runs or to lead the league in homers? Total home runs. The over-under. Think about this. The Sox leader last year had, what, 17 or 19? Yeah. I'm, gu I'm guessing the number they're going to put Aloy at is 32, 32 and a half. Okay. You're a lot higher than I would have made it because I felt the 29 and a half that they posted was high based okay. on the, the 16 homers last year, 10 and 21. We know he hasn't been able to put a full season together since before COVID in 2019 when he had uh, 31 homers, but uh, 29 and a half and 90 and a half RBI for Aloy. I just thought that I was interesting. You play over. See, I look at it and say, I can't play over because it's it's a matter of when, not if he's going to miss an extended period of time. But here's the thing, too. If you don't have Andrew Benintendi there, yeah. I think it's a different story. But when you're looking at an outfield, that could be a lot of times Benintendi, Luis Robert, Gavin Sheets, something like that in the outfield. Bayuri, you know, is going to play some games in the outfield. Eloy will play some, but he's not going to be relied upon to play as many games but in the outfield. he gets hurt hitting, too. He may not, yeah, he may not love DH, but yeah. he's going to have many more opportunities. I think you do get a healthy season out of him.
Okay. I certainly have to have to hope so. Okay. What White Sox season long props interest you? Well, it's not even the White Sox. I want to talk about some other teams here, if you don't mind that. And yeah. there's one team to focus on, actually. It's the New York Yankees. Oh, boy. And here's what I want to focus on with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. A couple things. First off, everybody loves the whole Aaron Judge, everything he did last year. Okay. He's six to one to lead the league in homers. Let me ask you this. Is Aaron Judge going to now start to get pitched the way Barry Bonds used to get pitched? More times pitching around him, let somebody else beat me, something along those lines. If that's the case, look at his other protection in the lineup. Giancarlo Stanton's 35 to one to lead the league in home runs. Anthony Rizzo, 201 as a lefty hit into a short porch. That's yeah. where your value is compared to Aaron Judge at six to one. I thought you could make a case for other those guys, maybe Stanton a little bit more, but I'd much rather have 35 to one over six to one. Well, my, my concern with Judge isn't even how he's going to be pitched. It was the concern going into last year, and he proved a lot of people wrong. But is he going to do that again? Is he going to right. back that unbelievable season and be healthy for another full calendar year? And that doesn't happen most times. And not with him. Not with him. So I'd be more worried about him missing time, uh, kind of like I mentioned with Aloy Jimenez. So I have no interest in betting that, and maybe he proves me wrong. Uh, Rizzo had 130 games for the pinstripes last year at 32 homers. Yep. You, you think he's still at the stage in his life, age 33 season, where he could take a big jump and get into at least the 40s? Because that's minimum for him to uh, win that. I tend to wonder this year. I think 50 is going to win it this year, maybe even a little less. Jeez. So, yeah, I think I think he could be in the mix. But here's the thing. Look at the depth chart right now for the Yankees. Their backup first baseman is DJ LeMayhew. Mm. So that means you might be looking at Rizzo somewhere around 145, 150 for games played. So add another 15 to 20 games in there. Add the short porch. Add them pitching around Judge. All of a sudden, maybe it puts a guy like Rizzo into the mix. And here's the thing, too. Just like what we talked about with going on in the, in the AL Central, this happened across the board. These AL East teams are not having to play each other 19 times either. There's mm-hmm. some very good pitching in that division. Okay, you take away some games that you have to face that pitching time and again and again and open things up to a little bit easier competition. I think that's going to help a team like the Yanks also. Let me throw one at you that is a home run leader long shot. All right. Yes. And the guy exploded onto the scene later in his career. We're used to this happening, young 20s, but now in his 30s, he hit 36 bombs a year ago out in Arizona. Christian Walker is 80 to one. Your thoughts? Why not? Why not? I mean, that's a team that, that you figure would have to improve. It flies out of there. It does. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. I've been in that ballpark numerous times. We used to have spring training out there. They have panels that they basically can shift and open up. And when they open those up to the outdoor air, it sucks the ball out of the park. Uh huh. Don't you think they're going to want to do that for their guy? I would think so. And that's how you draw the fans in there. They're they're not going to win their division. They're not going to be in the mix in their division. How do you get the butts in the stands? That's how you do it. Well, and then playing in the NL West, watching West Coast uh, baseball late at night, we know how it's tough to go yard at the Dodgers, right? At the right. Padres with the Marine layer. But like you mentioned earlier in our conversation, the more balanced schedule. So maybe it helps them not playing as many games out in those uh, pitcher-friendly yeah. stadiums. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the thing. It is going to be beneficial to them. I think that you're going to see less home runs. And part of it is some of these massive power hitters had those routines. Where was step in, step out, step in, step out? They they kind of yeah. worked it on their routine. Uh-huh. They don't get to do it as much. You have to get a little bit more prepared. And I think that's something that I do think your power numbers are going to go down this year because of it. How much would Nomar Garcia Parra be crying right now? He'd have no shot. He would be the guy that, that they're <laughs> thinking about. Once one adjustment of his batting gloves and it's strike one. So He'd annoying. Box two every time. Get back in there. Why do you have to do all the? Get in there. Let's go. Yep. Strike one. Strike two. Uh, no Jim, no if... more four and a half hour Sunday night baseball games between the Yankees and the uh, Red Sox this year. I, I love it. Twenty three minutes shaved off already. Twenty three minutes. I would think it's even going to get better. All right, Jim. What about the horses today? All right, so we have very good racing around the country. We should mention, too, Joe, Hawthorne opens up this weekend. Live racing in Hawthorne begins on Sunday, and we're racing Sundays and Thursdays for the next three months before adding Saturdays in, so make sure you check us out at Hawthorne. But here's where we're looking this weekend. Have some derby preps. Let's start out at Santa Anita and the San Felipe. We're going to bet the two national treasure across the board. This was a horse that finished third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year. Then go to Gulfstream Park, two races. Race 13, bet the two masterpiece across the board on the turf. And then race 14 is the Fountain of Youth. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner makes his return in here. Bet the four, Forte, just to win and see if this is going to be one of the top derby horses moving along. 
I know all about the racing at Hawthorne tomorrow. That's why you can't make practice. Exactly. It's going to be busy. <laughs> I'm going to be missing you guys, though. Your kids are doing so, so good. I can't wait to follow them during the season. Uh, put us in a, in a great spot with the pitching of the with the winter training over the last couple of months. I can't wait to uh, find out what happens once we get there. Let's uh, warm this weather up a little bit. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Thank you, Jim. Talk soon. You got it, Joe. Good luck. Thank you to Jim, Reed Wallach on College Hoops, and all of our draft betting experts here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Uh, the draft probably going to be our lead over the next couple of months. Inside the clubhouse is next on the score. Oh yeah, baseball is on the way too. Selection Sunday next weekend. Remember to catch those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.